Turn to hymn books to page number 329. <clears throat> number 329. <clears throat> and we'll try to stand yes, and sing on the promises of God. What's the old hymn say? All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. Page 
fall. Amen. Page 401. I know when you're young and full of energy and all the other stuff that goes with it, uh, you don't think a lot about the clouds. You don't think, you know, all the sun is shining. Or even if it's cloudy, if you got energy and everything's rocking along and you ain't bored. Yeah. Somebody asked me today something about being bored. I said, I don't know if I've ever been bored. You know, I don't know. I just, my mind don't operate that way, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to a land, if you're saved, you're on your journey. Yes. You're looking to that day of no clouds. Yeah. Won't even beat any sun there. Won't be no need, like the song said. Won't be no need for the sun. No stars. Why? Jesus. The light will be there. <laughs> Woo. His glory will be so much. Won't be no need for the sun. I can't hardly comprehend that because I've been you know, bound to this world, but one day we'll fly out of here. Right. Go to that land of unclouded day. Amen. All the way you can see it, or think about it, or imagine it, it's through the eyes of faith. Amen.
Jesus. Amen. How's that work? Uh, a couple of days ago, a day or so ago, and uh, my brother Hampton would say, "Out of that file, when them old hymns started rolling through my mind, oh yeah, I couldn't think of the verse to save my neck. I'm thinking, I know it, I know it. I can't think of it. All I could think of was a line in the course, and it talked about that city of gold." Yeah. Amen. Where no storm clouds rise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Page 390. Uh, <clears throat> the only way to get from here to there is be washed in that blood, the power of the blood. Amen. <clears throat>
searching everywhere for somebody to open the book and couldn't find until the Lamb stepped up. Slain from the foundation of the world. And uh, it was worthy to open the closed book. Amen. The only one. You said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not multiple, many, have it your way. It's only one. Exclusive. Amen. I'm glad we can know him. He's made it possible. He's given us access to God. That's right. Amen. It's only through him. You want to have a special prayer need? Let's remember Brother Ron. He's having that weakness. And uh, hopefully he's going to go and check it out the first of the week here. Let's remember him. Let's remember Jane. Uh, she uh, left early this morning. Um, let's also remember um, Heather. She's having a, a terrible time in her body right now. So let's remember her and then Sister Peggy. has been stumbling around again so please remember her in prayer and uh, of course continue to remember Peggy and Ryan and the children alright uh, remember my brother Morris he's still on life support oh. right. I think uh, Ryan's grandmother passed one of them and the other one is I remember my grandma and my grandfather putting her in the nursing home Monday. And Papa's not taking her well. She really had taken well, but even yeah. yeah. We're somewhere close to that or something, but mom and dad, so please, I gotta leave Tuesday early. I don't know when I'll be back necessarily, but please pray for us to know what to do and that we won't have so much paperwork and just things in the way. Yes. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Y'all remember Diane Kitwater? Yes. Uh, she's on a walker now, but she, she's a trooper. She keeps us going. And she drives with it and things nice. like that. But you know what? It still will get you down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're by yourself most of the time. And you're slowly decaying down when you can't even tend to your own thing. She knows it's coming. Because, anyway. Yeah. All right. Remember, remember, uh, Brother Robert, my husband, I think, mentioned it this morning, but Brother Randy will. If he doesn't get a miracle, the doctor said uh, while we were up there, Brother Randy told Jeff that. Uh, if the surgery, the, the doctor said he wouldn't even operate on him because of his diabetes, because he might lose his leg. So he needs a miracle. Yeah. He needs the Lord really come by. And also, Daddy goes in for a heart cath. Uh, the 15th, I think, and I just found out yesterday they're doing the surgery in July. So um, we just really, my sister and I, the way you got a lot of things on us too. Neither the Lord. And Angel John's 
We're sailing on the sea of time. Yeah. <clears throat> One day we're going to get to the end. Right. It's going to matter most how we are. The Bible says as a tree falls. So shall we. That's it. You can't pick it back up and try it again. Right. Yeah. And that, let's remember our country, the Ukrainian situation, and uh, let's pray for... Uh, we may not see a worldwide revival, but let's let's pray for a revival right around us. Yes. What did it say? Draw a circle and get in it? Yeah. Say, Lord, send a revival in this circle. Yeah, there you go. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> all right, let's find a place to pray this evening. And ask the Lord to help us.
got some important folks to pray for, and we do need to remember them in prayer. So if we could, let's stand real quick. Let's remember Rebecca and Ricky there in Florida. Um, Ricky, from what I understand, he's just never gotten over that heat. I guess it was a heat stroke last year. And so he was down there in the heat, and he's having some problems down there. And, um, and Rebecca is trying to help Brother Teague. And so uh, uh, please pray for them as they try to minister in that church there. So, um, but let's remember them that the Lord will bring all four of them back safely and, and possibly five. Dear Lord Jesus, we lift up Rebecca and Ricky, Aurora and Andrew. We pray, Lord, that you keep your hand upon them. Keep them healthy and safe. And we pray, Lord, that you would bring them back to us in one piece, oh God. I pray, Lord, that while they're there, that they are a witness and a light to your way, to the true way, to the right way. Bless them and help them, Lord, and bring them back soon, Lord. And Lord, if it's your will about that little boy, I pray, let it happen. Let it happen soon, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Well, you've been going through it, haven't you? Huh? Been going through it. Do you know what? There are some folks out there, they're just making time and nothing's going on with them. You know why? Satan's already got them on their side. Amen. A lot of our tests and trials are to get our attention off of who Jesus is. Keep our attention off of Him and worship Him and praise Him and to glorify Him and to glorify Him in this body as we live. And so uh, you must be on the battlefield. Okay, that's good. I want to be on the battlefield. I want to be a soldier for Jesus. Amen. All right. Brother Ryan, how about come receive our offering here this evening for us? Amen. Praise God. The book of Thessalonians, the first Thessalonians, is a very interesting subject. I've been studying it a little bit. And what I found is the first three chapters really celebrate their faithfulness to God in a time of trial. Uh, but the last two, Paul doesn't, he doesn't give up and say, you know what, you're doing great. Well, he encourages them to keep growing. Right. And uh, I, I pray that each one of us understands that, you know, even though we're in a battle or we're fighting, that there's still, there's still room to grow. Oh, yes. He is faithful. I know it is. That's right. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for this opportunity to be in your house, Lord. Jesus, we ask that you bless this offering. Bless each individual here, Lord, that they may be able to grab a hold of something here tonight, Lord, that the Word of God speaks to them and pulls with their hearts, Father. We ask all these things in your righteous name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful I got to go to revival. Um, we didn't know for sure we were going to get to go. And then uh, a- after the funeral Tuesday, well, uh, my husband came in before Tuesday. He said, honey, I don't know if we're going to get to go anywhere. Because, right. you know, we needed to go to the funeral. We felt led in the Lord to go. And, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm very, very thankful for all the messages I've, I got to hear. 
and just be saturated, you know, uh, in the Holy Ghost. And uh, there's other people all across the nation going through the things just like we are. But it was a blessing how many people come up to me and they would say things like, you know, this one or this one was just using your church as an example the other day. Wow. And this one over here was talking about your church as an example. And you think, wow, we thought nobody knew about us out there. You know, it's all by ourselves, you know. But uh, we got to tell about the different things that God has been doing. But when the Holy Ghost come by. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Brother Randy was at the doctor that morning, I think, and the Holy Ghost just settled down in the service. And uh, just seeing little children pray, stammering the lips, the Holy Ghost is still alive. Yes. And you know, they preached, one of the preachers brought in, I think, like you preached this morning, I don't know which one it was. He did better than I did. I don't think so. Pentecost. He talked about Pentecost. And there was such a hunger in the place for Pentecost. You know, like, oh, it's been such a long time. People gone through COVID and all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, the question today is when is the last time you have spoken in tongues right. as the Spirit given others? Do you still have the same Holy Ghost? You know, I ask myself that. I don't know if y'all do. Uh, I was talking to them back there. If we're not careful even working for the Lord, we'll forget to get old. Keep yeah, old that's ways. right. And, you know, keep them all topped over and fresh, you know. Uh, I realized I made a mistake. Uh, Brother Lutz and Draft made us travel an hour almost to church and an hour back and going around mountains. I got sick. No, we just felt terrible, you know. But but it's worth it. It's whatever you got to do, you know. You're working in the vineyards, Okay. You're, you may you may say, well, bro, like Brother Todd, you're out in the vineyard. This was out in the vineyard. That one's going here. That one's going there. You gotta keep your old yes. feel. Yes. I realized when I got up there, oh Lord, I checked my dipstick. I don't have enough oil. Right. I started realizing, oh, I don't have enough oil in there. I need a fresh touch. Yes. I need a fresh touch. Yes. And I was praying for all the little youngins, you know, because now people pray like this. Y'all know that, right? Well, we don't pray like that. So we saw, you know, there were several of us praying. And then all of a sudden, the Lord dealt with me, pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Yeah. It's all right to be hoggish. Pray for yourself. Right. And I heard one of the preachers say, go ahead, Sister Butler. Yeah. I just went ahead and got my blessing. Just got my blessing. Yeah. And uh, everyone did too. But but uh, the Lord is still alive. He's yes. still on his throne. Yes. The Holy Ghost is still real. Right. Oh, the Holy Ghost is still real. Yes.
the things the devil tells you sometimes is that you're all out there alone. But you are not alone. Not only do you have the Holy Ghost, but there are others with like common faith. Amen. That's one of the uh, wonderful things about going to uh, a camp meeting or in our particular case this past week, it was a homecoming. And uh, uh, I enjoyed it very, very much uh, to be with uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I don't know about you, I hear enough about change out there. And I know that the whole world is after change. One kind of change or another. Some people like the old path. Some people want the new way. Some people want a new political way. Some people like the old political way. Uh, personally, it's, I seem like that things were better in the 80s and 90s and, and all that than they have been in the last little while. But anyway, uh, folks, I want the old path. I want the old path. And... Um, there's change coming. There's change coming. What kind of change are you hoping for? I want that change that Paul talks about. And we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump of God. Amen. That's the kind of change I'm looking for. Amen. Until that time, I want to be conformed unto His Word. Amen. And so uh, I do appreciate all that God's done for us. Brother Todd, I'm sorry I've forgotten twice already tonight. How about give us a report on the uh, street? No, it's, it's been going great. Um, today is uh, our four, fourth week uh, out there in our new church. And every service has been getting better. We, we've had services full of tears. We've had people praying for uh, healings. We've had... Just same problems we're having in here. I got a, a prayer box full of the same problems. Yes. Putting it in the prayer box. Um, we had a lady this morning who, every service, she walks back and forth, back and forth, but she decided to join us today. And she prayed and wanted to get saved. Wow, thank the Lord. It's been really good. Like, the Lord's been meeting every need we had. Uh, it's hot. There's gnats, but uh, don't take that for granted. Be yeah. Busy. But by the time I start preaching, I'm head to toe and sweat. Yeah. But it's been really good. Uh, a lot of a lot of amazing things. Uh, the Lord's been there. Uh, one of the one of our uh, regulars, he uh, he said my mama was an atheist and my my grandma is ultra religious. And he's like, I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. He's like, but I wanted to give y'all a chance. And he's been to every single service. Thank the Lord. It's been really good. We've had um, 92 people so far come to service. Thank so the Lord. 92 people that wouldn't have been to a service. Right. So it's been really good. Uh, I couldn't. Couldn't ask for a better, a better month. It's been, it's been really good. Thank the Lord. Amen. We want to see some changes too. Yes. That's right. Thank the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want to turn and I want to preach from a place that uh, uh, I, in years gone by, I preached quite a bit from, but it seemed like we're back at. Uh, at the anyway, we're just at in the grind, aren't we? And so, uh, I want to talk to us about a few things as a pastor to his church, remind us of some things that we might be more effective out there. 
So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And like for us to come down to verse 13. Verse 13. That's where I'm going to take our text here tonight. James 3 and 13. When you have it, say amen. amen. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show of good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in them that make peace. So if you would, bow with us here this evening as we ask the Lord to help us. Dear Lord Jesus, we do thank You for Your Word. I thank You, Lord, that Your Word is a light. And it shines on my heart and on my life. And it shows me those areas, Lord, that You are pleased with. And it shows me those areas, Lord, that You're not pleased with and that I need to grow more in. Here this evening, I pray, Lord, that You would help our people, Lord. Help us, Lord, to get a hold of this message about the wisdom that's from above. Help us, Lord, to be desirous of that type of wisdom and that type of love and that type of peace, Lord, that can only come from knowing You and having You live within us. Come by and touch our hearts, touch our lives, we pray. In Your blessed, holy, and righteous, and wonderful name, the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Before you sit down, shake somebody's hand that's not next to you. So maybe next time when you all sit down, we can sit a little closer to one another. Huh? All right. Find the Lord. These scriptures here that we know of as the book of James, written somewhere around 60 to 63 A.D. by James, uh, James, the son of Joseph and Mary, and not the son of Zebedee. Zebedee, uh, James, the brother of John, remember them? The brothers of Thunder. He was the first martyr of the church, killed around 44 A.D. Uh, or maybe the second, I'm sorry. Stephen's the first martyr. And so uh, we ought to remember that. But here, James, also known as James the Great, 
His conversion during the upper room time. His mother's conversion. That's crazy, isn't it? His mother's conversion at the upper room time turned things around. Amen. Uh, Jesus' family who at one time was struggling with His call and struggling with who He was. Uh, You know, whenever you grow up close to somebody that's great, sometimes you lose sight, really, and truly of what that person is. Uh, That's why, children, you should always honor and respect your parents. They may not be great to anybody but you, but you need to honor and respect them. And uh, But uh, his family, uh, I'm always reminded of that one place where uh, uh, Mary and his brothers, and I think his sister was there too, came and said, tell Jesus that his mother would like to see him. Huh? She was trying to throw in that, you know, I'm going to put some leverage on you and I'm going to show you, boy. No, no. Who is my ch- my family? Who is my mother and my father? Amen. And so I appreciate our Lord. I also appreciate James. James. And here in these scriptures, he's talking to us about something that is important. You know, one of the things that happens when you're in church and your vision is not going out from the church is always within is that you end up looking at one another and you can find fault and find issues one with another. And James is talking about that in verse 8 of the same chapter. He talks about the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly, full of dead man's uh, poison. Uh, over in... Um, uh, chapter 1 and verse 20, he's talking about somebody blowing their top. And he says, For the raft of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Every time you think you want to give them a piece of your mind, remember those verses. The raft of God worketh not the righteousness of God. And so I remember when we first, uh, I first, Teresa and I first got saved and we're in church and we used to go to Uncle Leroy's and sit at I mean Uncle Leroy's feet and uh, and uh, learn of him and we thought about all of the wisdom that he had and all and he would say quite often you know oh you need to have wisdom you need to have wisdom well not everything that he talked about was wisdom for the Lord it was earthly wisdom. But it wasn't the Lord's wisdom. Don't think less of him. He was a man just like us. He was a great man. And so it starts out, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? I don't know about you, but I'd like to be wise. The older I get, the less I want to be known as a wise crack. And more to have wisdom. To be able to help. And here in these scriptures, that word wisdom means skill in a handicraft or art or in the knowledge of something 
or with the acquaintance with something. It can also mean sound judgment and intelligence, practical wisdom such as was attributed to the seven wise men. Uh, in a good sense, I'm sorry, in, not, in, in a not so good sense, wisdom can mean cunning, shrewdness, craft, and the like. It can also mean philosophy. And so there is the wisdom of this world, and there is the wisdom that is from above. It's amazing how God can put a test right in front of you so quick. I was expecting Jamie to get a big busload of folks and all, and we were hoping, you know how that goes, and I noticed someone having difficulty coming off the bus, and then it was some of Todd's good friends coming off the bus. Probably the biggest panhandlers in uh, Bullock County. Keep the conversation going, but once they say, let me ask you a question, you need to start planning your retreat. Because that is when they're going to start asking you for about everything they can think of that they think you might give to them. It's really a sad thing. It's really a sad thing. And uh, Jamie and all of his wisdom and knowledge just brought him right on here to church this morning. (laughs) And Jamie... That was the right thing to do. Yes, amen. Amen. It was not the wrong thing. It is the right thing. People like that can never get any help unless they come to church. Church is for those who are broken. Those who are in need. Those who need Christ and need healing in their body and in their mind and in their surroundings. Amen? And so it is important for us to pray that the Lord would help us to be a wise man or a wise woman endued with the knowledge. But I don't know about you. I'm tired of the worldly knowledge. I'm tired of the knowledge that we learn from this world that teaches us get them before they get you. Huh? It's important for us to have the right knowledge. Notice what he says here, James. James says, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Conversation. I need to remind you, it's not according to the way you talk or what you say. But only a true conversation is that conversation whenever your life backs up the Word of the Lord. And so our Word, our conversation, our life, the way we go about things, the way we do, the way we comment on things needs to be according to the Word of God. I'm just sitting here thinking, uh, I don't think of any place, Bridget, that I read about cats. So I guess I'm safe. But anyway... uh, uh, they've got ten kittens at their house. Uh, for free, if you want one. 
No, Sister Angel? Okay. If you'll bring them by and put them in her car, she can take them with her. We need wisdom. We need God's wisdom. Have you ever tried to win a person to Christ? I love what Brother uh, Todd said just a little bit about someone came to the altar and got saved. There was a time in my life I had to make a choice. I know it's hard for you all to believe, but I had to make a choice. Was I going to try to be an evangelist or a pastor? I've been in the case where an evangelist come by. I went to a Nikki Cruz meeting one time years ago and words that just stirred my heart and oh, wanted me to draw closer to him. But when he left, one long to my experience died. I don't like seeing souls die. And I felt like the Lord said for us to be a pastor. But you know what? To win a person for Christ. You're not winning them for you. It's for Jesus. We're, it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. And here, uh, one of the scriptures that I found whenever I first started pastoring was it said, it is a wise man that wins souls. It takes wisdom. It takes the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It, know, uh, it takes the knowing when to say something and when not to say something. It, it's taking uh, knowing when to stop and say, let's pray or let's say a little bit more. Amen. There are sometimes you just need to look at them and say, would you like to pray to get saved? Come on. Amen. And so here we need that wisdom. Notice it said, out of a good conversation... His works with meekness, meekness. This word here, meekness, is a little different than some that's in the Old Testament. Most all the words in the, in the New Testament, the word meekness means the same type thing. It means to make soft, mild, or gentle. To soften, to smooth, to calm. To soothe a raging sore or a raging personality. To become soft or gentle. To grow milder. A passion to abate. To tame the wild animal. Meekness is not sissiness. Okay? You can be meek and be a man. Somehow, amongst several churches that I know of, they think meekness means that a person is supposed to be so soft. A man is to be a man, and a woman is to be a woman. A man, amen, is supposed to have a little depth in his voice. Supposed to have good eye contact. That's right. Amen to, uh, uh, to be doing those things that a man should do. But we are still, even as men, we're to take that abrasive sandpaper off of us. I wish I had learned that a little earlier. Because I could be abrasive. But we're not supposed to have that. 
Remember, we're trying to win souls. And here it also talks about that conversation. I mentioned it out of a good conversation. Conversation is really kind of a strange word. It means turning something upside down. Upsetting. Turning back. To return. A wheeling about of soldiers. Amen. A dwelling in a place, in a mode of life of a certain mode, and the place where one tarries, an abode, a haunt, a house. But it's really about us. It's said of a good conversation. Turn around for the good. It's talking about repenting and living for Jesus. Amen. Whenever we repent, it's more than just saying, I'm sorry. But it's turning from those wicked ways to God's ways. And so we are to show out of a good conversation His works with meekness of wisdom. I want wisdom, folks. I want wisdom. I don't necessarily have to be able to have every answer for everybody that comes along. But what I do need, I need the answer that comes from the Lord. Amen. That word of wisdom that will help penetrate that heart. But here are some warnings to us as a church. I don't know why. Our church struggles from it at times. At times we're good. At times we're not good. Other churches we go to, we see it there. But it says, but, but. See, that's turning the whole conversation around now. Now let's deal with the problem. But if ye have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, Glory not and lie not against the truth. Here in these scriptures, this ver- uh, bitter envying, that word bitter means a piercing. We sometimes call it a sharp word towards somebody. A sharp rebuke, a negative word. It is a bitter envying. That word envying is talking about heat. Huh? Heat. Uh, when it's translated into the Latin, we get uh, Celsius or something like that. Zelos is the Greek word. Heat. To get hot. And what it's talking about there is a eager rivalry. Huh? Zealous imitation. An emulation. A noble passion. Eager, eager rivalry. You ever had? I know you boys have. Elliot come up and bump one of y'all and say, I can run faster than y'all. And he takes off, huh? Trying to outrun somebody. He may not do exactly that, but you know what I'm talking about. That's a rivalry. It's a contest. Trying to see who's the best. Who can quote the most scriptures. I'm going to tell you something, folks. We need to be careful of competition, especially competition in the church. In years gone by, when we had some of our youth things, 
and I'm guilty just as bad as anyone else, we would be collecting pennies, you know, and money and all. And, and of course, Sister Sheila got it up the very first time we had this type of stuff that whoever lost had to kiss a frog. No, that second one. First one, oh, was a pie in the face. Well, I can tell you, Sister Sheila won the first one. And I received the pie in my face. Thank you, Sister Linda. But the second one was to kiss a toady frog. And I can assure you, I did not lose that year. <laughs> Brother Robert, I don't think he wanted to kiss her for a while after that. <laughs> Come on. But getting in more reality, there are sometimes there is this rivalry that goes on within our churches. I remember when I was younger, and there were several ministers that were coming about. And Brother Tool and uh, Brother Duck was getting older. And I remember the young preachers standing around saying, I'm going to get that church. No. And another one saying, no, you won't. I'm going to get it. He likes me better than that. <laughs> it sounds funny, but it was bad. Yeah. Folks, in the gospel... We are not competing. We are competing against Satan and the world. Amen. And anybody who is saying something for Christ and toward Christ, I'm not competing against them. Amen. I'm not competing against the Baptist or the Methodist church or the Oneness church or whatever other church might be trying to Jehovah Witness. I may not have any confidence in them, but I'm not competing. I'm competing against Satan. Amen. And so we need to, to realize we do not need to have bitter envy in one toward another. That also talks about the desire or happiness or bliss, the zeal. But it also can talk about style and it can talk about fierceness. There is another scripture over in Philippians 1 and 15 that says, Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife. Here it's talking about when you cast a finger toward another preacher somewhere or another. Amen. And, and talk bad about them and talk down about them. Let me tell you something, folks. Not all preachers are what... But... According to the Word of God, we're to be careful what we do with our mouth. Amen. Amen. There was a minister that really failed in our area, heard a lot of people, and they would say, what about so-and-so? It's amazing. Just last Wednesday night, we had this question come up. What about so-and-so? And you know, the thing about it is, I got enough on my plate at my church. Yes. Come on, folks. To not have to worry about their church. Yes. I'm not competing against Savannah. No way we compete against Savannah. 
I hope they're not competing against us. I don't know. But you know what? I haven't asked and I'm not into that. That's what I'm talking about. Bitter envy. Don't let this bitterness contest, a fight, a uh, uh, trying to do outdo somebody else, it doesn't work. Amen. I'm going to tell you what I found. I've always found it's better for us to work together. Together. I need folks from the least to the greatest. So we have needs all the way through. Huh? Thank you, Brother Robert. So it says, but if ye have bitter envy and strife, the word strife here means a fraction, an intrigue. Uh, somebody who is uh, uh, canvassing the public for approval or, or trying to outdo someone else for wages. You know, I do more work than him. Jesus had that coming to him. You remember that? Jesus had them coming to him. Said, well, you hired me for a penny and then at the fifth hour you hired this one for a penny. He said, and here's your penny. <laughs> well, I agree for a wage. I agree for a wage. It's not a competition. You can't feel bad about it because I paid all of you the same money. Come on. And so there is this strife. <laughs> strife between this is our home folks now strife between the cleaners of the church strife between Sunday school classes strife between my office and someone else <laughs> strife but we don't need any of that strife. It's not worth it. It's not for us. We're not competing. We're not working against one another. We need to work together. You ever tried pulling up a, 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 a barrel or do something with a particular person and the person is there with you but they're not doing nothing and you're struggling and straining? Why don't you come over and just give me a hand, huh? Sometimes the old pastor feels like he's pulling on that wheelbarrow full of church members going up that hill by himself. Oh, what a relief. Whenever I can feel, whoa, what's that back there? Huh? Somebody's giving a little push from the back. We need that. It says glory and lie not against the truth. But I've also found there sometimes we do not know our own hearts. We don't see ourselves. Uh, recently, my wife's been getting on to me about things. She said, you got some, something on your chin. I said, really? Huh? You know? I can't feel it. It's a smudge. It's an unattractive mark on me. And she's helping me. I hope to get it taken off. Huh? We need to help one another. Not to prove who's superior, but to further the way. To further the gospel. 
Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for those that God has sent to us. Thank the Lord for those that God has sent out to do works. Thank the Lord. You say, why would you do that, Brother Jeff? Well, I miss them. I miss them. But I'm glad they're doing the work for the Lord. Amen. And so we are not to be involved with this uh, bitter envy and strife and lying against one another and against the truth. Amen. And notice what uh, James said. The wi- this wisdom, the wisdom he was just talking about, does, uh, descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. The devil has certain wisdom to be able to say the right word at the right time to bring the most embarrassment or to hurt the person the very most. That's devilish words. That's devilish wisdom. Amen. There are times, people, that hard things must be spoken. And if you don't want to do it, leave it to the pastor. But don't expect me to do it right then and there when you call or have a problem with it. And don't be offended if the next time in service and you're there and that other person there, I call y'all and say, hey, come here. I want to talk to y'all. Now you were telling me that you were having a problem with this one right here. You know, why don't you explain to them the issue? I learned that from Brother Gavin Tip. I did. There was somebody in the church, and I, I don't even remember what it was. I said, Brother Galen, did you know so-and-so over there was doing something? I don't know what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't adultery. It wasn't stealing. It wasn't something else. It was just one of our standard type things. And Brother Galen said, really? Wow. Well, wait for me in the back room. I, I want to talk to you about it. I said, okay. So I'll go back there. Unbeknownst to me, he goes and gets that person and brings them back and said, Brother Jeff, I understand you. (laughs) That's Bible. If somebody has done you wrong, if you have become offended by somebody, you are to go to that person and tell them their fault. And then do the very, when you go there, you're not going there to crucify them or try to punish them or hurt them. You go to them trying to resolve the situation so that it helps you. Now folks, let me tell you something. You don't need to go on every little pity thing that you think of sometimes. Well, they hurt my feet. They didn't shake my hand this night. No. But you go to that person all those other things and you let them know. That's Bible. And then you try to resolve that thing and fix that thing. Amen? Folks, let me tell you something. If I uh, uh, wrote off everybody I know for something that I perceive and possibly very well the truth of some kind of mark against them, Who would I fellowship? 
Who would I have confidence in? No one. Brother Terry, pray for me. I haven't made it yet. Brother Jeff, pray for me. I haven't made it yet. Amen. And so, here James is teaching us about the difference of this strife and envy in. And he's warning us. And I'm going to tell you, when the Lord finally revealed this to me, I know sometimes I can get right in. We're all like that. Did you hear? Really? I cannot believe that. You ain't careful, you'll just get right on in strife and envy and Huh? Got to be careful. But it said, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion. And every evil work. So when me and Brother Robert are talking and stirring up strife about somebody else, Right there around us, we don't do that. I use that as an example. Okay, when we're doing that, not only is that there, but there's drunkenness, cussing, and there is lying, and there is hatred. Amen. Witchcraft, rebellion. Amen. Adultery. Fornication, child molesting, all right, all them spirits and all that work is right there yes. in those conversations. Right, man. And when I realized it, I got to where I could hear it coming. I said, Yeah, excuse me, I need to go over so and so. Huh? I don't want that. I don't want strife. I don't want envy. I don't, uh, you know, I'm seeing some good things in different places, but oh, be careful about what you get excited about. uh, Be careful about what you get hot about under the collar, amen? A lot of times those things are not worth the uh, energy or the, the brain cells that you're using for it. Don't do it. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion. This word confusion in the Greek means instability. Being unstable. It's talking about anarchy. Who in here knows what the definition or the word anarchy means? Not that I've got it right this moment. I can tell you the gist of it. But, huh? Anarchy is when you want whatever you're anarchy and against. I don't know if that's the right way to use it. But anyway, uh, you want a change in power. Change in government. And so this confusion is inability, anarchy, confusion, unsteadiness. Folks, I don't want to be confused. I don't want confusion. 
in my life. He goes on. I appreciate somebody that not only helps us understand the bad side of something, but now He helps us with the good side. These verses that I'm talking to you about are the things that you should be doing. Okay? But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. It is clean. There are no ulterior motives. There is no desire for personal gain. There is no feeling of trying to get up in a position. The wisdom that is from above is first pure. And then it's peaceable. Huh? Tranquility. Quietness. Peace. I'm sorry. Y'all probably won't have that in your home for about 18 more years. But um, (laughs) to have tranquility and peace. Quietness. Nothing disturbing. And then it's gentleness. Huh? Would you rather somebody come to you and say, Hey, you need to take the trash out. Or would you like to have someone come up to you and say, Would you please take the trash out? Huh? I vote for B. Okay? Peaceable. Gentle. Now parents, I know there's some in there. If you try peaceable and they don't respond... I think you'll okay. But anyway, um, <clears throat> we're to be pure, peaceable, gentle. Listen, listen. Easy to be entreated. Did you hear that? What did I just say? Easy to be entreated. Huh? What you get for sitting right there? You know? You have not, I'm thinking of trying to come up with something. You have not paid me that you told me you would. Come on. Well, all right. He said mercy. In other words, give me mercy. We're to be easy to be entreated. It's hard sometimes. That's why we need the wisdom and the Holy Ghost living within us. We need to be easy to be entreated. And we need to be full of mercy. Oh, where would we be if it had not been for Christ? Where would we be if somebody had not given us a break? Where would we be, amen, if, if uh, somebody had really come down on us and thrown, got us uh, sent to jail? Where would we be? Be full of mercy. And always remember, it could have been you. Some things y'all gone through, it was me. It was me. That's why I want to get mercy. Mercy. To be easy to be entreated, full of mercy, and good fruits. Good fruits. I know some of you like lemons and limes. 
But I really do not consider those to be a good fruit. I like something sweet. Huh? It can have a little tartness to it, but I like the sweet fruit. I like that fruit that is uh, easy to be edible, that people like. Amen? I want to ask you something. If somebody passed by your tree and you're there and you're hanging out your fruit, what kind of fruit's on the end of your limbs? Is it godly fruit? Peace, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness? Huh? Or is it strife, discord, meanness, hardness, judgment, complaining? Come on. Which fruit have you got out there? We're to have good fruits. And not just to have good fruits to my friends and to my wife and my youngins, but to our buddies even from Mulberry. Folks, this, these scriptures, I don't know about you, but every time I preach on them, it cuts me. We need to have this good fruits without, without partiality. People won't get saved. People won't come to Christ. And I want to tell you another little secret. They're not going to do any better until you show them the love of Jesus Christ. We've got to show them the love of Christ. Doesn't mean you have to be worldly. Doesn't mean that you have to just let anything and everything go. No. But you've got to show them the love of Christ. Amen. And it says without partiality and without hypocrisy. The first time I walked by our friends this morning, I might have had a tinge of hypocrisy in me. It's good to see y'all. Come on. But then the Lord is dealing with me. How will they hear unless they have a preacher? How will they do better unless somebody will love them enough to talk to them? They've been blowing up my phone and they figured out how to text. They've been blowing it up ever since about 5 o'clock this afternoon. I'm going to respond to them. I'm going to respond. And then it said, and the fruit of righteousness, come on, Teresa, is sown in peace of them that make peace. How do you make peace? If somebody kind of lets you know that they got an issue with somebody else, 
and they let you know what that is, you don't realize the opportunity you have to try to show a little peace. To go to that other person and say, you know why you haven't been able to get things fixed? No, I don't understand. It's because of this right here. Get it fixed. Do it. Do it. Amen. The fruit of righteousness. What is right before God. What we do sometimes might be right in front of men, but that's not going to stand on judgment day. It's going to be according to what is right before the Lord. And so the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's one of the things we're supposed to do to make peace. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's impossible. We're dealing with humans. We're dealing with souls. They have their own their own thoughts. They have their own feelings. Sometimes you think, oh, I got this one doing pretty good now. What do you think? Oh, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Huh? This one over here, while you're working on this one, it's all down. And then they start acting, and this one goes down. You, and you got this one back up. That's the free will, folks. We have the free will of choice. But if we will keep choosing Jesus... His ways. His teachings. I want to tell you something. The Lord's going to help you. He's going to help you. Well, Brother Jeff, is it going to solve all my... No! Is it going to fix these relationships, broken relationships? Might or might not. The one relationship that means the very most, though, is your relationship with Jesus. No other relationships can be fixed, helped, encouraged, uh, brought back together until you have that relationship with Jesus fixed. And then through Him, I believe, I've seen it, all things are possible. God is able to do all things. Oh, but my doctor says it'll never work. I've had preachers tell me sometimes. I got really upset at a preacher several years back. I was working with this couple trying to get this marriage back together. And this couple had gone to see an old preacher that they used to sit under. And uh, he basically said, God, you just need to forget about it and move on. And he was supposed to be a preacher of the gospel. We serve God as a peace man. We serve a God that puts broken things back together. 
We serve a God that brings healing and hope to our hearts and to our relationships and to our, our minds. Amen. We serve a Lord. He knows. He understands. Yeah. And He can fix you got to be willing to allow the mechanic, the master mechanic, to work on it. So let's take these words and let's quiz ourselves about our own lives. And let's come and ask the Lord to help us. Wherever we may be failing, wherever we may be lacking in, and ask the Lord to give us that wisdom that is from above. Come, let's pray. Let's seek after the Lord.
in reality this past week. Sister Linda, when we were privileged to go to Nathan's funeral, um, Lawrence preached the best I think I've ever heard him preach in my whole life. Um, he got up, he looked completely, not, as I said, that doesn't mean I agree with everything that's going on. But when uh, Lawrence Butler sat at the piano and he began to play this song at a funeral, I looked at Sheila and I was horrified. This is not the kind of song you play at a funeral, not usually. But they said that when Nathan would come home, this is the song Nathan would start singing. And I remember all the times when my children were little. You ever talk about people in front of your kids and float them down and put them down and liberated their name and a little later on that person got it right. But you still got youngest that don't even want to be. You ever been good at that? Said things when you didn't think your youngin was hearing. And uh, you know, when, when uh, none of us know uh, you don't know what happened in my home that caused my children to be like they are today. Uh, strife. And when I, I didn't know that when strife and discord was there, there's fornication, adultery in the home, homosexuality, there's rebellion, witchcraft. There is every evil spirit present in the home. In front of my children. Who's guilty? If we were honest, we could all say, I, we all are. And so when he began to preach, and then Lawrence Butler said he admitted his guilt. <coughs> and I can look at this and say, God, I've never sinned and thinking I'm self-righteous to say I've never been guilty of what he preached tonight. Oh, God, forgive the Pharisee. Forgive the Pharisee. Forgive the Pharisee. God, forgive. Sherry Williams walks in the funeral, shaking, crying, had a dream. She was on her knees praying, speaking in another tongue. As the Holy Ghost gave the Jerry Williamson's face warm with the cares of life. And me, a Pharisee, gonna hold my nose up. God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. And Lawrence preached, you know, uh, none of us really can throw the first stone, really, at the end of the day. How much my God has forgiven me for. And it's easy for me to be like Nathan after I've gone off and done bad things and saying, please forgive me. I need your grace to make me through. They said this is what he was saying. All I have, well, he's just addicted. He needs to get out of it. I beg your mercy.
what about the Pharisee that brought strife in the home? You ever done it? And then wonder why you youngest don't want it. You ever done it? You ever done it? Oh, God, help me. I'd rather be a plain old sinner, folks, than a Pharisee. Do you hear me? Gonna stand in the judgment. I know I'm talking too much, but what my husband preached convicts me to the bone and cuts me. Because now all I can say is I'm sorry. You know, I got mad at a dog up there biting on my, biting on my breath, nothing nibbling. And I pitched him some, and I noticed all the evil spirits were in the home up there in North Dakota. They weren't there until I got mad at the dog. It was just me and two girls. And my little, my little granddaughter, grandma, why did you do that? Every evil spirit. Y'all hear me? Oh, God. Help me. I want to make it, folks. I want to be a Pharisee. I want to be a Pharisee. Every hour of word, I want to be judged. I want to be a Pharisee. That's right. Amen. Come on, Sister Angel. Let's pray for you. Sister Angel, but right now, Lord, she's needing a touch, and she's needing healing, oh God. I pray, Lord, bring healing to her. Help her right now, Lord Jesus. We plead your precious blood upon her, oh God. Help her right now, Lord. Help her right now. Bring healing. Touch her right now. Give her the grace to go through it, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So good having Peggy with us. Amen. Miss Ryan, miss the girls, but we're glad we got Peggy. Amen. All right. All hearts clear? Shake hands, be friendly. You are dismissed till Wednesday night. Don't forget to invite somebody and bring somebody with you to church. You're dismissed.